0: Welcome to today on Broadway for Monday, December thirtieth, two thousand nineteen. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini.
1: and I'm Arts and Culture Writer Ashley Steves.
0: Ashley, uh, merry Christmas! Merry Happy Christmas. Hanukkah! Happy everything that we missed since we haven't talked since before Christmas. Yeah, so I hope that it's
1: been so long, I almost forgot my tag.
0: <laughs> nomadic wanderer.
1: Yeah, there. Nomadic, it, yeah, wanderer. yeah, there you go. Yeah. Bring yeah. it on back.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> And since we haven't spoken to uh, the folks since Six. before Christmas, I hope everybody who celebrates Christmas had a great one. I yes. hope everyone who celebrates Hanukkah had a great one, um, whatever other holidays might be in your wheelhouse, I hope that you had a great uh, set of those, and if you don't celebrate any holidays, I just hope you had some good time off, because I think uh, most people had didn't have to work. Just so. some
1: peaceful relaxation time, the best yes. kind of holiday. Yes,
0: the, the British version of yes. the word holiday, especially, yes. yeah. Um, over the weekend, in this very podcast feed, James, Peter, and Michael did their 2019 year in review, talking about the best and worst of their theater going experiences from the past calendar year. Actually, we're probably going to do a mini version of that on on tomorrow's episode. So um, uh, take a listen to that. We didn't anticipate having a ton of news. We will probably have grosses, though, Mm -hmm. so we wanted to make sure we did a show. So we'll have that, any other random news that pops up, and then Uh, We'll talk about some of our favorite things that we saw and watched A few of our favorite things,
1: please.
0: Yes, these are a few of my favorite things. Exactly. Um, And uh, (laughs) don't forget to head over to one of our favorite things, patreon.com slash broadwayradio. And uh, if you feel so inclined, uh, join Mm -hmm. us as part of our Patreon family in the 2020 year. Um, And if you have suggestions on what you want to see or hear from Patreon, please let us know. We are open to suggestions because everything that I have suggested... Uh, nobody has seemed to <laughs> I don't take it personally. It doesn't hurt my feelings. No
1: mass singer show nope. or no. anything of the sorts.
0: No general hospital recap shows. Oh man. Hallmark movie show. No, it's fine. Whatever. I'm not hurt.
1: Mm, I am mm-mm. not
0: hurt. Although I did watch Laura Osnes's uh Hallmark uh, Movies and Mysteries oh, or did my- you? Mysteries and Movies one. Um yeah, it was a homecoming a homecoming for the holiday and it was really good. It uh, apparently the ones on that channel are a little bit they have a little bit higher production value, they have a little bit more pathos to them, um a little bit more depth to them. Uh and I just got to tell you Laura Astis is just so damn charming. I've mm-hmm. interviewed her once here on Broadway Radio and you think like she can't be that pretty pretty princess perfect.
1: Yeah. But like like, she ass. just,
0: yeah, like, she just, it's just so natural, and uh, I was a big fan of that one, so. There
1: you go. You, you get in talking about it on this show, at least.
0: Yeah, and then, <laughs> yeah, damn you people who don't want to hear it on Patreon. Oh, um, shucks. Yeah, but actually, we do have news to talk about today, and unfortunately, the one main story that we have to discuss is a sad one, because last week we learned about the passing of one of the theater's greatest songwriters, Jerry Herman who died at his Miami home on the day after Christmas due to pulmonary complications. He was 88 years old. He wrote eight original Broadway musicals and and contributed additional songs to two others, and there have been two Broadway reviews of his songs. Of course, he won two Tony Awards for Hello, Dolly! in 1964, and then another in 1984 for La Caja Falls. He was also nominated for his work in Milk and Honey, MAME, and The Grand Tour. He was nominated for a Drama Desk Award for Mac and Mabel, which is getting an Encore's presentation in 2020. He was also presented with a special Tony Award for Lifetime Achievement in 2009. He has two Grammy Awards, one for Song of the Year in 1964 for Hello Dolly, and then Best Score for an Original Cast Show Album in 1966 for MAME. He was also a 2010 Kennedy Center honoree. Now, Ashley, to me, what I always think of of Herman is what separated him from his colleagues and contemporaries was his insistence on writing happy,
1: tuneful,
0: yes. traditional yes. show tunes. And now, that doesn't mean that his characters didn't have depth or that pathos that I was talking about with the the Laura Osnes movie. Uh, but they, there was just a beautiful, genuine heartfelt optimism in the songs of jerry herman and Mm -hmm. to to paraphrase one of his songs his work just had an elegance and a humor that -hmm. couldn't be forced or faked and simply if you didn't have what jerry herman had you could never ever carry it off so ashley do you have a specific memory or fondness for jerry herman show or song or what comes to mind when you hear of his passing
1: Oh, I mean, I cry at basically everything from Lacage always. I probably watch you know, George Hearn and Gary Beach's performances on YouTube at least once a week, if not more, of I Am Who I Am. Uh, the last revival of Hello Dolly, I saw four separate times I think. How many different uh, dollies? I saw Bernadette and I saw Donna and I saw uh Bet on a bootleg. <laughs> but oh, no uh, one no, no no one tell anybody. Yeah, don't tell anybody. Don't tell the <laughs> Yeah, jeez. Uh so I mean I saw the three technically. But yeah, it was the first I saw it. With my best friend the first time, and then it was the first show, first Broadway show, first theater show that my partner and I ever saw together. So it's very dear to me. I mean, this this has been a tough year for musical theater, I think. The fact that this season of Encores will be opening with Mac and Mabel in February will be extra special now. It's such a devastating loss to the theater community, and I think Jerry Herman's work speaks for itself, but I mean, La Cage and Hello Dolly and Mame and The Grand Tour and so many others, I think it's really easy, unfor- unfortunately, to... Kind of overlook him and his impact on American theater because, you know, we may think of other names first, but Lacage alone was really profound and important for its moment. It's still incredibly profound and important. Mm-hmm. There's something, as you said, there's something that must be said for writing joyful music and joyful musicals and songs that fit every style of performer and personality. The fact that Dolly Levi can range from Carol Channing to Donna Murphy and everyone in between and be successful and wonderful, that's very easily underestimatable. And I hope people don't underestimate the lasting effect that Jerry Herman has had on the canon and how wonderfully elegant his work is and will always be.
0: Yeah, and I think what's interesting, you know, you're talking about writing joyful songs and joyful shows,
1: mm-hmm. but
0: it's they weren't. I think it's very easy, and I'm not saying you you do this, but it's very easy to just overlook it because you know those songs and they are all such right. bops. But of course, <laughs> but you think <laughs> of Lacage and Hello Dolly, and those are the I don't know Mame as well, but those mm. you know I know Lacage and Hello Dolly pretty well. Those characters are not just happy go lucky characters. Right. Hello, is no, a widow not. going through her life, trying to get her life back on track after being in mourning for so long. Obviously, there's so much going on with Lakaj about accepting who you are and whether you're ashamed of who you are or whether the people around you are ashamed of who you are. Or
1: yeah. Whether yeah. your son is ashamed yeah. of who you are. Oh, and it's the just true, the true villain. Yeah.
0: <laughs> we can get into that. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it really is. You know, there's so much more to these songs that if you take them out of the context of the show, yeah. they are just lovely, fun, upbeat. But when you yes. put them into this really, you know, well-built world of these shows, they have mm-hmm. such a, a, a deeper and more profound resonance. And and I yes. think that that only happens because of how brilliant Jerry Herman and obviously his collaborators as well, mm-hmm. but especially yeah. Jerry Herman, um, who was able to put so much of that into the music and lyrics that he wrote, so I know that there has so been so. some wonderful tributes to him since uh, the mm-hmm. uh, this was announced it actually came out on uh, on Friday, so we'd already recorded um, for the week, so we didn 't have a chance to really talk about it but um, the Broadway League did confirm that they will be dimming the lights. Uh, of Broadway on January 7th at 6.45 p.m. for one minute. So if you, that's a Tuesday, so if you are in the theater district, make sure that you have an opportunity to see that. And then, of course, um, on social media, there were so many people when this news came out who expressed their heartfelt uh, remembrances of of Jerry with people who mm. have played... Roles in his shows Barbara Streisand, Bette Midler, Michael Crawford, Harvey Firestein, yeah. who obviously co wrote uh, Lacage with yeah. him, um, so many others, um, uh, uh, Jerry Mitchell. I mean, all these people who have had experiences working uh, with him over the years, and then other people who are in the theater community who just love him uh, mm. as well. So um, obviously uh, there are so many people who have considered themselves fans and have, who have grown up with his music having an impact on their lives. So we, uh, our hearts go out to them uh, and to ourselves because we yes. consider ourselves part of that. And then, of course, to those people who actually uh, knew him and loved him personally as well. Uh, the theater community will definitely have uh, an almost unfillable hole in it with the passing of Jerry Herman. All right, Ashley, there are two other things that we want to talk about. We don't really have a full what's happening this week on the theater schedule because nothing really uh, out of the ordinary because everything's running, nothing's closing. But we do have one show that is beginning performances on Saturday, January 4th, and it is the Manhattan Theater Club's Broadway premiere of the Elizabeth Strout play, My Name is Lucy Barton. The show was adapted by Rona Monroe and is directed by Richard Eyre and stars the Academy Award-winning actress Laura Linney. Um, in the show, Linney plays Lucy Barton, a woman who wakes after an operation to find, much to her surprise, her mother at the foot of her bed. They haven't seen each other in years. During their day's long visit, Lucy tries to understand her past, works to come to terms with her family, and begins to find herself as a writer. Um, the show is... I believe a one person show. It was yeah. done in London. Um, so I don't I don't want to speak out of turn in case there's some sort of surprise, but I believe it's a one woman show.
1: I think she's talked about it recently. She, okay. Yeah.
0: Um, so you know, it's that that that's an interesting conceit and getting to see an hour and thirty minutes with no intermission of Laura Lenny monologuing is uh has to be uh <sighs> you a, a can pretty ask sp- for anything I, more. I, I know, seriously. Um that's that's gotta be a spectacular experience. So this is um, to that. Yeah, it has a super short um, preview period. Uh, yeah. Previews are January 4th through January 15th. Right. And let me pull up to see how long it's actually running through. Um, it is uh, set to run through February 29th, so a fairly short okay. run. Um, of course, Manhattan Theater Club jams a bunch of stuff into their season. Right. So yeah. uh, get in while you can. Uh, and then finally, Ashley, in the most unnecessary move of the entire holiday season, <laughs> last week it was noticed that Universal has pulled cats from its four year consideration oh, page wow. after Gee. it was uh ineligible for its Oscar categories for either visual effects or original mm. song. Um so they pulled that off as if there was any chance that it was actually going Was to it
1: do ever anything. really alive? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um <laughs> still have not seen it and I, I
1: I've never seen I'm the stage it. show. I think I'm seeing it in a couple of days. I'm planning yeah. on seeing it on, like, New Year's. I want to ring in the decade yeah. with, you know, the worst possible way to ring in a year. Or the
0: best. I mean, I mean de- yeah. depending on what you take with you to consume or purchase there. Yeah. It's, it'll it will be a be good. Best.
1: It'll be a good start. That's all I can say. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> oh, Kat. It- Have you... Did you see this? Were you going to say that you hadn't seen the stage version of
0: it correct i have not and that's what i'd mentioned yeah. before i think it might have been when i was just with james or by myself that like i'm i i want to see this on the big screen but i've also been told like you have mm. to really kind of see the stage show to understand things so i'm torn i don't,
1: I don't think there's any understanding that's a good, point. That's a good point. i i don't think you I, I don't think there's any amount of source material <laughs> to consume that would from what I've seen of this glorious film it would make you understand what's happening in front of your eyes I mean
0: I've never been to a furry convention but uh, <laughs> from what I understand, I'm just gonna
1: I, I'm gonna isolate that I don't have a ringtone because it's almost 2020 but that's <laughs> I'm about to have a ringtone I've again. never I've
0: never been to a furries convention yeah <laughs>
1: um,
0: but that's what everybody said it's a super horny movie um, and mm-hmm. I got I mean look I'm just putting it out there we're all friends here Mm-hmm. Um, Taylor Swift looks hot, and and I'm not gonna lie, like uh, I'm not a huge Taylor Swift fan, but she looks great in all the promos. So I don't know what that but means about what me. What have
1: they done to Idris Elba?
0: I yeah, he looks super Ugh. small in there. So I don't, I haven't really seen the close ups, but I, they don't, you know. I saw. I. I don't want to. I don't want to credit this to somebody because I don't remember exactly who it was. But somebody said my type is now uh, Robert Fairchild as a cat or um, Robbie Fairchild. Yeah. So, whatever cats. I'm I'm sorry. Um, The new song "Beautiful Ghost," written by Andrew Lloyd Webber and Taylor Swift. Oscar Bates. It did not get the shortlisted for an Oscar, but it (sighs) did receive a Golden Globe nomination for Best Original Song. So thrilled!
1: Thrilled. I guess. I mean. What sure. sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Congra- congrats to everyone who got a paycheck from that movie. I mean,
0: the movie is probably going to lose at least seventy million dollars, um yeah. because it costs about a hundred million dollars to make, and it's barely cracked twenty-five so far. So which I is...
1: look forward to whatever film Tom Hooper inevitably still gets after this. That's all I have to say.
0: Here's the one thing that I am concerned about, to be honest Mm. with you. I'm a little worried what this means for the future of big budget studio movies. Oh, I agree. Movie musicals.
1: Yeah, Um, agreed.
0: I think if I had to guess, I would imagine that we won't see a ton moving forward. Now, obviously, like Universal is a producer on the broadway production of wicked so i think mm-hmm. if there are tie-ins like that we could see them but i would see that i would imagine that the majority of them are going to go the way that we've seen with netflix um, netflix is doing um the prom they're doing this okay. limited series of of a chorus line mm-hmm. um, they're doing tick tick boom directed by Lin-Manuel miranda i would imagine that these types of things are going to be on streaming services moving forward which i yeah. honestly think is better because i agree
1: the budget isn't
0: huge they don't feel the need to like star cast them like they can have big enough stars that actually can do it um and they have a longer shelf life like you know if you put them on a streaming service There are always going to be a small niche audience of theater fans who want to watch movie musicals. That's never going to go away. But to try to put them on the big screen and hope that you catch lightning in a bottle and can get a hit for people to make enough money to come see it in theaters, I don't think that's as likely as what the... The business model is if if they did this on a streaming service, whether that's Amazon or Netflix or Hulu or Disney Plus or whatever, uh, I think it probably makes more sense to have good quality movie musicals on streaming services.
1: Right. And, you know, the counterpoint of that, because you mentioned Tick, Tick, Boom, and obviously this is a very specific instance, and judging only by the trailer, which looks phenomenal, is In the Heights. In the Heights. yeah. 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 And I mean we don't know. It it looks amazing from the trailer, but it, that's a well, huge wait and see and that's also banking on the name of lin Manuel Miranda at this point.
0: Well, but also I I don't imagine that that's going to do a super like that's not going to be like a billion dollar worldwide thing. Like I think it's still going to be a niche kind of uh kind of film like even John Chu who is the director of this he did Crazy Rich Asians and as good as that is Mm -hmm. like I don't think that necessarily was like a a huge billion dollar uh, property you know what I mean like I think it's going to do really well but there's it's not like they star cast this with Meryl Streep and James Corden and and, you know or Anne Hathaway Mm -hmm. or whatever I I think it's just it was a really well done movie that feels like it could have been on Netflix instead and uh so let me real quick crazy
1: rich asians uh from my google searching made 238.5 yes. million
0: that's correct yes and its budget was 30 million yes uh so it did very well made uh over 200 uh 200 million uh, yeah 200 million dollars mm-hmm. yeah um so yeah i mean it yeah i we'll see what happens but i was thinking more of like the Mama Mia's and the hairsprays, where they just st- stuff a bunch of stars <laughs> in it. Stars. When your biggest stars are Jimmy Smiths and Mark Anthony, like I, I think that's kind of in its own, it's in its own ballpark. True. See what happens. Yep, I'm looking forward to it though. So much so. All right, that's all we have for today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Matt Ashley, where can the folks find you?
1: The folks can find me on Twitter and Instagram at no, this is Ashley.
0: All right, don't forget to come back tomorrow where Ashley and I are going to run tomorrow. through. Yep, yeah, we're going to run through some of our favorite things of 2019, both on stage and on screen. Mm, cats. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Neither of us have seen it, but uh, either I'll way, see
1: you by tomorrow. <laughs>
0: yeah, uh, we'll see about that. Um, so, have a great Monday, everybody, and we'll be back to talk to you tomorrow.